once there was a boy named Gilgamesh, prince of of Uruk. The city of Uruk, I mean, not the creature Uruk from J.R.R. Tolkien Legendarium. This is a Sumerian myth retold by Yian Li. So, let's begin. There once was a boy named Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh always was always reckless even though he had a was a prince with lots of power. He was very reckless. He was so reckless, he took boys and threw them around. And he took up and he took teenagers and ripped them up like helpless paper princesses. And and he never showed mercy to the people of Uruk. And then he had a dream that a rock fell on Uruk and he could not lift it alone. But this other strange person helped him lift it. His mother was a goddess, Ninsun. Ninsun told him that his dream meant that he would find someone that would help him, a true friend. She said, a true friend is a true companion of her heart. It's not like a singer entertainer like you have in your, in the people of Uruk. It's a, a, a true friend is a companion of your heart. And Gilgamesh was excited to meet his true friend. Then... Gilgamesh was so excited, he stopped being so mean to the people of Uruk. So, so they thanked him. And Ankadu was, and Ankadu was the the true friend the, the gods had made for Gilgamesh. Then, the next morning, Ninsun put. Ankadu down in the in the cedar forest and he lived with the deer thinking he was a deer too and he lived and then he met a hunter saw him they saw him and reported to Gilgamesh what they said so Gilgamesh asked Shamhat, a servant of Shamash, the sun god, to come and look at and take a look at Ankadu and see if the hunter is telling true. So Shamhat went and indeed Ankadu was there. So she she saw him and then when she spoke Ankadu understood her language strangely and Ankadu was not surprised but was joyful 
So then I could uh, I could do when Shamrock talked about Gilgamesh. I could do said Gilgamesh is not the mightiest man in the world. I am. I will defeat Gilgamesh. I will show him I am the mightiest man in the world. So Shamrock sighed. But let let him go to Uruk. Shamrock and Enkidu went finally got to Uruk when Gilgamesh was before Enkidu. Gilgamesh did not have to tell Enkidu it was him. Without a word, they started fighting each other, and. and Gilgamesh pinned Ankenu to the ground. Then his anger softened, and Ankenu said, "You are the mightiest man in the world. What a surprise!" Gilgamesh said, "Are you the true friend I I was assigned for? Yes, you are the true friend for me." Then they were friends. A couple years later, Gilgamesh said to Enkidu, "We are going. To, we will go to the cedar forest where you're from and slay the monster Humbaba with a snake's tail, eagle, and eagle's feathers and a lion's head." Enkidu said, "No, no, no! I do not want to go. Hubabas will kill any man who comes against him." <coughs> so Enkidu and but Gilgamesh convinced Enkidu to go. So Gilgamesh and Enkidu went to the cedar forest. They quickly found Humbaba, and whom, and Humbaba was said, "Why do Ankadu? Why do you bring a mortal to me, Gilgamesh? I know your name. Why have you come from Uruk, where, from a?" From a um, dangerous life, and come to me to battle me. Gilgamesh and Enkidu said together, "We are here because we are here to slay you." Humbaba laughed. So Humbaba ran at. Ankadu and Ankadu and Gilgamesh ran at Ubaba. Gilgamesh and Ankadu quickly, quickly caught Ubaba and 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 tied him up. Mercy, mercy! Ubaba cried. Have mercy, and I will be your slave all your life. Don't. Don't listen to his lies," Enkidu said. "Before he changes your mind for you, quickly kill him," Enkidu said. 
kill Ramesh, who Baba said, I will kill Ankadu and you will suffer inconstable pain from losing your best friend. Gilgamesh, hearing this, almost dropped his knife. But Ankadu said, Quickly kill him before you succumb to his lies. So Ankadu, in one quick hack, killed, cut off the head of Baba. Then they went home with their trophy. When they got home, when they got back to Ook, they, they, uh, the goddess Ishtar, what was a very spoiled goddess, and she wanted already had many lovers and desired many more. And when every husband, when she grew tired of any husband, she made them suffer. She she wanted to marry Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh said, no way. And then Ishtar said, then I will send the bull of heaven to trample you. And then, and then, Ishtar asked Anu, the god of all gods, to to give her the bull of heaven. She, she said, Give me the bull of heaven so I can trample Gilgamesh. They said, Ninsen disagreed, but Anu said, Don't you know that the bull of heaven will not only trample Gilgamesh, but also bring seven Seven droughts and floods. I have thought of that, she said in her lie. I have gave them lots of water and grain. And grain for the cows, too. And I have gave them meat, she lied. She Then Anu sent her the bull of heaven and... And the earth broke apart. Enkidu fell into the earthquake, but then got out quickly. And then Enkidu and Gilgamesh quickly killed the Bull of Heaven. Ishtar said, You will pay for this, Gilgamesh. You not only refused to marry me, but also killed my father's bull. Then, when the next day, Ankadu fell ill. Ankadu said, Ankadu said, The gods are separating us. Or, why? And then Ankadu prayed, Why did you send Shamhat to, to me? Why did you make the hunter find me? I would still be, if it weren't for them, I would still be in the forest, ignorant but happy and with no fears. Why did you do this? Ninsan quickly explained, 
because you because you would it was your destiny to meet Gilgamesh if it weren't for Gilgamesh needing a true friend you would not exist then Enkidu felt sad and then when Enkidu lost his sight a week later and then on Enkidu's last day Gilgamesh saw him Enkidu laid in his sick bed tears were rolling from his eyes Gilgamesh said why must you leave so quickly Enkidu said Gilgamesh Enkidu said it's just the goddess of the underworld's commands said Enkidu then Enkidu died then Gilgamesh was so sad he wept for one whole year and then he 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 ordered all of the all of the goldsmiths silversmiths blacksmiths and craftsmen only the best ones to make the a uh, statue of Enkidu even better than any than any statue of a man ever made so they did this and in Gilgamesh spent his time weeping next to it Gilgamesh finally said I wonder if I can see Enkidu even though he he is not even though he is dead maybe I can find a way to go to the underworld but he knew he had to use another way other than killing himself he knew he couldn't kill himself yet because he he was just about to become king so so he so he went to Utnafism he he but he was the only man to ever see his to see one that is dead his wife so <coughs> so he went he went to a cave that went to the land of Utnafism but it was guarded by two by two scorpions Hello, I am Elijah Davis on on the podcast Myths and Legends with LJ the Cool Kid. Now I will tell the story about Hercules and ten of his twelve labors. So, let's begin. Once there was a terrible beast called the Nemean Lion. No weapon could pierce its hide. It, it was thought to be un uh, it was thought to be unbeatable 
So, but the, the, the me and Lion was taught to be unbeatable before it met Hercules. Hercules is the strongest man alive. He, he, he paid homage to to King Aristius for his crimes. So he he killed the lion with his bare hands, and he brought the dead lion back to King Aristius. King. Uh, Rithia said, Nice. You, and you already know my next labor. Now get out of here. You're scaring my wife. Her wife was more, actually more scared of the lion than him. So he went to his next labor. Slay Bine. The Hydra is a dragon with nine heads. And and when, whenever you cut one of those heads, guess what happens? Two sprout out in its place. So so you <laughs> and that too was thought to be impossible to defeat. So, but Her- Hercules got a club and whacked off a head. Two more sprouted in its place out of the blood. So then, they, the Hydra snatched up two of his men and swallowed them whole. And, God, okay, so then, then he he told one of his men to give him a torch to give Hercules a torch so he took the torch do that he took the torch and when he sliced off the head he he he, he put it on fire so and so two heads could not sprout in its place he was He, and then he, def- after a while, he defeated the Hydra, and he showed him two of its heads. That, but, and then, Rusius said coldly, "Get, get! Now you know your neck labor. Now get out!" Rusius was being really mean to Hercules. So, his next labor was to take. To slay the boar of Eramanthus. And, and it was on top of the rainy mountain of Eramanthus. When he got Hercules got to the top, a centaur charged at him and grabbed him and brought him to his home. He, the centaur said, Hello, get, get dry. Dry here. I will prepare you supper. Hercules said, Folus, the centaur name is Folus. I, rem- 
You haven't changed since you were my mentor. Phyllis was a mentor. Yes, and you have not changed much either, said Phyllis. Then an army of centaurs came and said, You, I knew I smelled the scent of man. Man. Men aren't allowed here, said another. Another said, We give him to us and we'll eat him up. Hercules said, Spare me and I can take away your problem. What problem? The centaurs asked. The one charging right at you, Hercules said. He got out of the way. The, the war of Eromanthus charged the centaurs. Folus t- Her- told Hercules told Folus to give him an ar- arrow. His arrows were dipped in poison, the poisonous blood of the Hydra. So he he he. Well, Folus was taking out Hercules's arrows. He cut his finger on the tip. No, oh, I cut my finger, he said. Then he threw him his his bow, arrow, and um, what's it called again? In his back where you take out arrows. What's that called? So, and, and a sheath. I think it's called a sheath. So then, he, he, he took, and then the fool, fool has died of the poison on Hercules' arrows. So he took, he, he, he smashed the club on the boar's head, and the boar died. Hercules had been, become famous. King Orsilius' jealousy grew. Even his wife became to admire him. So, so he sent him on an ex-labor, very desperate to humiliate the hero. He told him to clean the state clean the stables of of um of um the Hesperides of the Hesperides they were they haven't been cleaned for 1,000 years so Hercules came up and and broke and broke a dam in a river and it rushed through the stables cleaning them. Then he put the dam back and it all dried out. So then he he came he came back with a with a clean horse from Hesperides. And then the king grew even more angry. How many labors have we done? So then he told him to get the golden apples of the Hesperides from the from the 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 Titan. What's that? Giant owls of the sky. Atlas from the Titan Atlas. He held Atlas held up the sky. Oh, always held up the. This guy for his punishment for 
for leading the Giants against the gods. His his arms were weary. His muscles grew weak. It looked like sooner or later he dropped the world. It looked like sooner or later he said drop the world. So he said Hercules said said to Atlas I will I will here's a deal. I will give you one day off of the off of your heavy weight to fetch the the golden apples of the Hesperides from me. And the Titan and the Titan so he Hercules so Atlas gave Hercules the mighty weight. It was heavy. And then Atlas came back holding a bag of golden apples and but said You didn't think I was I was dumb enough to 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 not be to be tempted by that offer. You 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 know just a day is not too long, right? So he so he was about to take the golden apples of the prosperities when Hercules said, "Wait, wait, may I please hold this guy for one more minute while I while I stretch my weary shoulders?" When Atlas held up the sky again, Hercules snatched the golden apples and ran back to King Eurystheus of Mycenae. Review. First, Hercules took the Nemean lion. Next, the Hydra. Next, he slayed the Eromanthian boar. Next, he he took the golden apples of the Hesperides. One is left. No, six are left. Huh? Okay, so only six. So, so then, his last, his the last labor that we're going to be talking about today is the labor when, where he, where he was going to, to take cattle from the giant Chiron, a, the grandson of the monstrous Medusa. Reasoning with the giant was no use. Yet, Chiron had a scorpion's legs and three stomachs and three arms, I mean, six arms and three heads, two, two arms on each stomach and, and th- each head on each stomach. And he, uh, and he, Hercules killed that easily, easily. And since that was so short, I think there will be time for one more labor. The labor where he where he was supposed to defeat Antius, the son of the goddess Gaia. The son of the goddess Gaia. So, 
If he said, puny human, I am, I am Andeus, the son of the goddess Gaia. Gaia, you are, you are no match to, for, for me, puny human. With that, he, he held Hercules' arms and smashed them onto the ground. Hercules had finally met his match. Then he put his foot on his back, then kicked him into the wall. So Hercules realized that since he sh- that re- re- realized how Antaeus could be defeated. And Hercules said, "You should not have told me your name. You are Antaeus, son of Gaia. Your power comes from the earth itself." So Hercules lifted him. Antis off the ground and smashed him down, killing him. That is the end of this episode of the 12 labors of Hercules.